So today I want to talk about uh, living in two kingdoms. Um, we are uh, spiritual beings. Um, and we live in a material world. As Who's that Madonna? Sings that song? Living in a material world. And I am a material girl. Any, any of you who know that, bunch of sinners, just <laughs> earthly people. No, I know it, so <laughs> let me tell you, I am not better than you. <laughs> oh, there is, uh, I'm a little high on the gain there, if you guys can turn that down, because uh, it's bugging me, and I don't want to be distracted. Thank you. All right, living in two worlds. Is it even on now? Yeah, Yeah, okay. Without the ring, I didn't even know if it was on. (laughs) Living in two worlds. Uh, We're doing this uh, dwell series. We're continuing the dwell series, I should say, this Sunday and next Sunday. Uh, Pastor Andy's going to finish it up. And we've been dwelling on the book of John. Uh, So our main passage is in John, chapter 5, 24, if you have your Bibles. People still carry Bibles around? Yeah? Okay, good. It says, uh, this is Jesus talking. Truly, truly, I say to you, uh, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. And he does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Amen? You guys can be chatty, okay? It makes me comfortable. Um, So, this whole thing that we do here, this whole Bible, our whole faith, it's spiritual, okay? It's not, uh, like, if we just come here and we sing some songs to nobody, and it's kind of weird what we're doing here if we don't have a spiritual mindset, right? So, we can't even believe that Jesus saves us Uh, Without the spirit, uh, it doesn't make sense. We're spiritually minded people, right? Um, And it's not always easy from day to day to remain that way. Uh, So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're talking about living in two worlds. We're spiritual people living in a material world. Follow me? Um. This is going to seem kind of simple, but it's really, really not. Uh, so, and I'm, I'm probably going to struggle through some of this, <laughs> uh, just because my words aren't the greatest. Uh, okay. We who believe in Jesus live in two kingdoms, a temporal one and an eternal one. Uh, an external one and an internal one. Uh, One is the kingdom of man, and the other is the kingdom of God. Uh, And we're going to spend the next six hours breaking that down. All right? So I hope you brought some snacks. If not, I'm going to feed you the word, and you'll be fine that way. There's a tag on my shirt. It's bothering me too. We live in a material world and have been here long enough 
Jeez. And we've been here long enough to be conditioned by it, uh, to be uh, transformed by it, motivated by it, um, shaped by it, dependent on it, consuming it, being consumed by it. And it's come to the point where sometimes we just forget that we're meant for a different world, a spiritual world. Uh, God has given us this gift, his, his word. It's in paper material, okay? We, and in this, when God talks to us, he, te- he, he speaks in material terms because we understand it, okay? Um, but we have to remember that just because he's speaking in material terms, what he's speaking about is spiritual. With me still? Our struggle is being transformed by a spiritual message that comes to us in a material way. It's hard for us to grasp both worlds. We see it all through scripture when Jesus is talking to people. Uh, Throughout the Old Testament, anyone who God uses, they struggle with this dynamic of living in two worlds. It's hard to accept that God bore a son by the Spirit in a woman who became the Savior of all mankind because we live in a world where that uh, seems in the reality impossible, like an impossible event. Apart from the Spirit in us, we can't understand it. It doesn't make sense. Already lost. We live and breathe things of material truth. We breathe air. We live to go to work and get money, buy houses, drive cars, trains, planes, trains, and automobiles, right? Uh, And as we continue, sorry, we live and breathe things of material truth when we should live and breathe things of spiritual truth. Okay, we kind of get our priorities mixed up. And as we continue, it's good to remember that spiritual things trump material things. They are above them. They're over them. They're more important than them. They are eternal and everlasting, unlike the material things that are only temporal and meant for our time here on earth. Okay? All right, that uh, first slide, I think. We are spiritual beings in a material world. It'll come up eventually. Okay, next one. That's point one. Uh, I want to talk about our beings, okay? This bag of bones, this flesh. Our beings, as God intended, are spirit, okay? Who we really are is spirit. God made you to be eternal. Okay? With me? Your soul is your person. Your personality. It's what you think. It's what you want, what you desire, how you feel. It's emotional. It makes decisions. Uh, It's 
our personality. It's that person inside us, okay? And then we have our body, the physical you, flesh, bones, blood, organs, ears, hair, eyes, nose, fingers, and toes, which are temporal, okay? So our spirit is eternal, our soul is eternal, our bodies are temporal. With me? How many thankful that our bodies are temporal? <laughs> I'm 38, and I've already got so many problems with my body, I'm done with it, okay? My knees are bad. Yeah, Lo losing my hair. I got gray, okay? I hurt my back getting out of bed. I'm excited to get a new body. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. We are created spiritual beings. Uh, uh, A.W. Tozer says that we're created like animals, but with souls like angels, okay? Angels have souls, they have personalities, they have beings, their spirit, okay? Everybody with me? Okay, quick Sunday school lesson. Because of our disobedience through Adam, Adam being the first created being, okay, we have lost the spirit side of our existence. Okay? And because of that, we are no longer able to function and have true life as God intended, pre-Jesus. Okay? And because of, his because of his disobedience to the Father, uh, or sorry, because of Jesus, okay, I'm talking about Jesus now, uh, because of his obedience to God the Father, Jesus has justified our sins against God uh, and made it possible for his spirit to live in us again. That, I need a bigger amen than that, okay? <laughs> to live inside us now. And we are able to function and have true life as God intended post-Jesus, okay? Okay? In order for this gift that Jesus offered, we must believe he is who he says he is, believe in the Father who sent him, and that the Spirit now lives inside of us. That's the key to that whole Spirit coming back, okay? Uh, likewise, we continue to live according to the Word of God, uh, and being Jesus' disciples. We're Jesus people. We're Christians, okay? Everybody go to Sunday school? Okay, that's my lesson. Point number two uh, is the conflict that we face uh, being spirit people in a material world, okay? Uh, the Bible talks about it in different ways, spirit in the flesh. Paul talks about it. Jesus talks about uh, not being able to do what we really want to do because our flesh is weak, okay? They both are on the opposite side of each other. Uh, we may have the spirit back, but the body is still corrupt. still wants to do the old things we did uh, before we got saved. It still wants to sin. Uh, we still want to be disobedient. That's the body, Okay? Make sense? A.W. Tozer says uh, that we are materialists in spite of our claim to be spiritual. We are spiritual in a way, but we certainly think in material terms. And the whole texture of our brain is material, 
physical, external, outward, created. It belongs to the world that perishes, and it is the work of God by the Holy Ghost and prayer and scripture. It is the work of God to change all the flavor of our being. It is the work of God to let his water of life flow through us, uh, sorry, of life flow through the pores of our spirit until he has washed away all the slit and mud and clay and dirt until all the ugly brackish waters uh, where we were waterlogged for so long in the kingdom of sin are cleansed and purged and purified. It elevates us and ennobles us until we are nearer to heaven than we are to earth. That's what's being transformed, renewed the mind, transformed from glory to glory. That's what that talks about. We are spiritual beings who have to change the way we think in this world to better fit the coming glory that we're going to see. That make sense? Okay, number three. Moving along. Uh, Adjusted beings, okay? Uh, Can I have the next slide? I'm sorry, little current. I didn't have uh, the slides ready for you, so I hope you got fast pens. Adjusted beings. Can I have the next slide, please? There we go. So our spirit, okay, we have a spirit, we have a soul, we have a body, okay? Our spirit is saved, it's justified. That's uh, Romans 1 to 4 speaks about that. Uh, Our soul is being saved or sanctified, uh, and Romans... 5 to 7 talks about that. And our body is, be, is going to be saved. Okay, it's going to be glorified. Uh, Romans 8 talks about that as well as Revelation 21. So, how did I write that down? Our spirit is saved, it's justified. Uh, yeah, I have notes for this, okay. Woohoo! Y'all good? Am I boring you with the word of God? Uh, you guys got to think more spiritually, okay? When you get saved by Jesus, as we talked about, by believing in him, you are now free from the penalty of sin. You are justified. From that point on, uh, any sin that you commit must be dealt with in repentance. Okay, so when we accept Lord Jesus into our lives, our past sin is taken care of. He sacrificed himself for that. And now that we have the Spirit, we're able to fight uh, sin uh, here on earth. Uh, any sin that we commit is kind of is an act of sin, okay? And we have to repent from that quickly and then move on in the Spirit, right? Paul talks about that constantly in his letters. First uh, John one nine says, "If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us. If we didn't have to confess our sins after Christ, that wouldn't have said that. Okay, right? Yeah. Confessing sins is a good thing. Okay, we shouldn't. We should grieve our sin, of course, when we ha- when it happens, uh, and we should not want to do it. But we can repent, move on from glory to glory. Amen. That's a Christian privilege. Okay." Uh, Jesus also freed us from the dominion of sin. Sin cannot overcome you anymore. 
you are no longer a slave to it. So people who don't know Jesus, they're a slave to sin. They can't help but not do it. It doesn't bother them. It's their lifestyle. Okay? But you are no longer a slave to sin. It's not your lifestyle anymore. Your lifestyle is different. It should be uh, evolved around Jesus. Uh, and when you're abiding in Jesus, uh, you sin rarely. Okay? There's a lot of blank faces. Are you all good? <laughs> okay. Uh, this is done in cooperation with the Spirit of God. Okay? We can't do it on our own. We need the Spirit of God to help us overcome temptation. Uh, this is a slow process. It's a working process. It takes effort, and it takes will. You have to want to do it. You are being sanctified. Okay? That's why in uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says that we are being transformed from glory to glory. That's what that means. And lastly, we will be free from the presence of sin when the Lord returns. Sin will be no more. What a good day that's going to be. Now those who are saved have a responsibility not to sin anymore. Now that we have the Spirit in us, it's easy uh, for us to see the sin in our life. When we have an act of sin, uh, we immediately are convicted by the Spirit. We notice it. It happens, okay? We're like, ooh, shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have looked there, okay? We, we see that, and we grieve that. That's the sign of a Christian. We're sorry for the sins that we commit. Then, at that point, it's uh, time for us to repent and continue on with the Spirit. The only way that we can resist sin's temptation is to abide in the Lord daily, every hour, every minute, every second of the day. You are able now to say no to sin, to say, I don't want it, I don't need it, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to say it. Because we are now feeding our souls with the bread and cup of life. You uh, have to be consistent, diligent, and you have to work for it. 1 Corinthians 15, I'm going to throw some verses at you. 1 Corinthians 15.34 says, Wake up to righteousness. 1 Peter 1.5 says, Be holy as I am holy. Romans 6.11-12 says, uh, You must consider yourself dead to sin and alive in Christ. Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal bodies. If we couldn't do it, he wouldn't say it. Okay? We can do it. But we have to do it in cooperation with the Spirit. God's power is at our disposal. That means that if we don't want to use it, we don't have to use it. I don't see why you wouldn't want to use it, but sometimes we're just dumb and that happens. Or am I the only one? <laughs> it's a cooperation. God won't force you. Jesus, uh, think about this. Jesus sees and does only what he sees the Father doing. Uh, likewise, we should be. 
as disciples of Jesus. Jesus abides in the Father, so should we. Jesus tells us in 1 John 3 that no one who, no one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning either has uh, no one who keeps on sinning either has seen him or known him. So that's the that's the new life. We don't sin anymore. The uh, in the Greek the word in that scripture in a different translation probably the King James it says sinneth. We sinneth not. That means practice sin. It's an ongoing thing. We are doing it on purpose, okay? But there's a difference between that and the act of sin for Christians. We, I'll yell at someone in a mean way, I shouldn't have done that, I feel bad about it, I repent, I say I'm sorry, meaning it, obviously, and we go on. That's the Christian life, right? Making sense? This is the hard part about being material beings, about being uh, in the world outside uh, with people who don't know the Lord uh, or people who do know the Lord and are just bad people. But they don't really know the Lord, right? If you know the Lord, you're not going to do bad things to bad people, okay? Now, I want to make it clear that I'm not saying the material world is bad. God created it. He said it's good. It's good. We look at things around the world and we see Jesus in it. We look at sunrises and sunsets, mountains and trees, plants and animals. God is good. Uh, oh, oh, goodness. There. <laughs> they were ready for that. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, it is of God and it is good. Sin is simply here and now, uh, here for now, sorry. And it's hidden in the only thing that it can be hiding in, and that's material things. I'm not talking about our possessions, although maybe he is. Uh, I'm not saying we can't have things, a nice house, we can't have boats to go fishing, okay? We can have those things. Um, but when it becomes sinful, that's a problem, okay? When we are envious of things, when we covet things, when we do, that's a problem, okay? And uh, those are sins, if you don't know. Uh, wanting whatever someone has. Worrying is a sin. How many people worry? Okay, we've been worrying a lot lately. Thank you, Jelena, for being honest. The Lord bless you. Okay, those are sins. And when we notice that we're doing them, we got to be quick to repent and move on. Okay, we can't get buried down in sin. The more that you stay away from the Lord, the stronger your flesh gets and the weaker your spirit gets. So if you're not reading your, your scriptures daily, if you're not coming to church, if you're not in time of prayer, if you're not worshiping, uh, if you're not in the presence of God, your soul, your body, your flesh is getting weaker and you can't fight things that you thought you've overcome before, they'll come back. And then sometimes they're even harder to get rid of after that. We have to stay diligent. We have to stay in the Word. We have to stay with Jesus all the time. That's being a Christian. 
Cool. I got time for this. Woohoo! Number four heavenly beings. Cool. All right, we are supposed to be heaven-minded people, uh, not being bound to the things of this world, not looking. Our priority should be heaven. It should be uh, moving in our faith upward uh, and not just staying linear, okay? We should be striving to go more and more and more from glory to glory to glory until Jesus comes and we're glorified together and we're all in heaven, yay and amen. You guys should be more excited about that. All right? Let's go into some more scripture. John chapter 6. Yep, John chapter 6. In 22, Jesus starts talking uh, to a crowd of people that's been following him. Uh, It's the same crowd that he fed uh, loaves and fishes to. Um, He did this miraculous thing, and they just follow him because of the material thing that he gave them, okay? He just kept following them. Uh, So this is like he, after, after he fed them, he wanted to get away from them into a secret place to abide in Jesus, to abide in the Father. Okay, so he went off in a boat alone, uh, and then the disciples tried to follow him. Uh, Then he walks on water, and there's that whole scene. And then when they get to the other side of the sea or whatever they're at, uh, the crowd, they see the crowd coming again, again, okay? Uh, And then Jesus, being who he is, uh, wants to start explaining to them the spiritual side of life, okay? And it's hard for them to understand because they don't have the spirit in them yet, okay? So they're very, they're, they're very slow to follow it. They don't really understand it. And at the end of the discourse, uh, at the end of his conversation, a lot of the disciples that followed Jesus turned away, and they didn't follow him anymore, okay? That's what happens when we don't see the spiritual side of things. Okay. Just maybe I'll read a little bit of it. Okay, they found him and said uh, on the, they found him on the other side of the sea and they said to him, "Rabbi, when did you come here?" Jesus answered, "Truly, truly, I say to you, uh, whenever Jesus says truly, truly, uh, it's important, okay? So, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Uh, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do uh, to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered, this is the work of God, that you believe in me, uh, sorry, that you believe in him who has sent me. So they said to him, then what sign do you do? They're looking for something material, okay? 
what work do you perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness, talking about Moses and them wandering in the wilderness. Uh, as it is written, he gave them bread and from heaven to eat. Uh, and Jesus said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but the Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. So right there, he's trying to walk that two line, okay, of the spiritual and the material world. Uh, For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, sir, give us bread always. See, they're still looking for material. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Uh, I'll move down a little bit. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And not understanding this, they grumbled, okay? They, they're like, oh. What's this guy talking about? Just give us food already, okay? They're looking for the sign. Even after Jesus is trying to explain it, it's like, you guys aren't getting it. They're looking for something. And then he says, kind of probably with a little reproach in his voice, says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died. God gave them what they wanted, what they needed, what their bodies needed, Okay? God wasn't oblivious to the needs of our bodies, okay? You know what we need to eat, we need calories, we need to drink water or else we'll perish, right? He's not uh, denying them that, but he's saying uh, there is more to life than what you see, what you feel, okay? There is more. I am more. I offer you more. I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread uh, that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. And then at that point, they're like, what are you talking about? We're not going to eat your skin. Like, they're still not getting it. How can this man give us flesh to eat? There, a lot of them were Jews, Jews couldn't eat flesh of any animal. They couldn't drink blood. Okay? So Jesus, being a Jew, saying these things, he knows that it's going to upset a bunch of people and they're not really going to get it. He says, For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. He goes on to say afterwards that uh, it is the Spirit who gives life And the flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. uh, For Jesus knew that from the beginning, for those were who he did not. uh, From the beginning, who those were who did not believe. And who it was who would betray him. Uh. This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless uh, it is granted by the Father. After this, many of the disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. 
when we keep wanting the material world, we'll walk away from what we're really supposed to be. When we strive for the material world, when we're swept away by it, when it overcomes us, we will naturally move away from the Spirit of God, from the Word of God. So we have this uh, task as Christians who believe. Believing is the key. It says that whoever believes in me and him who sent me. It's belief. It's something that is not material that gets you past this. It's a spiritual thing. If you don't believe in spiritual things, you're going to have a hard time with this. Sometimes we can't believe in things that we don't understand. If we can't see it, it's hard to believe it's there. We are material beings. We often think that, uh, I'm probably not the only one, that when we think of God sometimes, we think of this man off in the universe uh, who's not right next to us. When we pray, we think he's not in the room. Sometimes. And that's just our material beings. That's just our, the world in us uh, not letting us renew. Okay? Make sense? A little bit? That's why Jesus says, uh, hear my words, believe me, trust me, follow me, and I will take you from death to life now and forever. Our takeaway today is to come to Jesus. That's it. That's all we have to do. Abide in him. Be holy. Sin no more. Be a heaven-bound person in an earthly world. We just got to change our mindset. Paul, Paul was like the Jew of Jews. Okay? He knew what it meant to be a Jew. And, and through his journey of following Christ, oftentimes he had a hard time renewing his mind because it was made up after years and years and years of studying Jewish law. And Jesus came and, and fulfilled everything that the Jewish law had, but the Jews didn't really want that. They wanted something else. They didn't understand what he was doing. It took Paul a long time to renew his mind. He's had to let go of his education, of the way that people talk, the words that he used, uh, and all that stuff. He had to renew his mind completely. Uh, and the Spirit of God is the only way that we can do that. And reading his word is the only way that we can do that. And in prayer is the only way that we can do that. And worship is the only way that we can do that. When you're in the presence of God, you are changed. That's the power of his presence. So I want to, Pastor Jay, maybe you can come up here and play a little ditty. Uh, I want to take this opportunity, if you'd give me 
a little bit more time. Um, if we haven't been spiritually, uh, if our mind hasn't, if we don't have a spiritual mindset, I want to take this opportunity. Uh, most of us are believers here. And if we don't have a spiritual mindset, if we don't look to heaven, it's an act of sin. God, Jesus calls us to sin no more, to look to him, to abide in him. He is the life giver. And if we're looking for life in something else, that's idolatry. We have to look for life in Jesus. It's the only life that you need. So I want to take some time, if people need to repent from that, I'm not going to make you come up here and and get down on your knees, although maybe you should. Um, But in your own little way, we're just going to take a couple minutes uh, just to soften our hearts to the Holy Spirit and to ask him to, to come in us if we need to, if we need to believe in Jesus, take the time now to do that. Say, I believe in you, Jesus. I trust in you. I believe that what you say is true. Forgive me, Lord. Come inside. Uh, live with me forever and help me get through life until our bodies are glorified when he returns. We are meant for something else. We're spiritual beings. We're meant for heaven. The Garden of Eden pre-fall was like heaven. We had, Adam had perfect communion with God. They walked together, they talked together, they shared the, uh, the creation together. Adam was given the task of naming animals and plants. He worked with God, with God. He had this relationship with him that I can't even explain. I can't even think about what it would be like. His face must have been glowing all the time with the presence of God. That's what we're meant to be like here on this earth. Like Moses coming down from the mountain, his face glowing, that he had to veil himself because the presence of God was just too much afterglow. That's what we're meant to be like here. We're spiritual beings. We're heaven-bound people. Why don't we act like it? I'm not saying that you guys don't. Many of you do. Uh, So if you could just take a moment and acknowledge the Holy Spirit working in you today. That's all you need. Jesus, I need you, Lord. I need you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I need you. Father, I need you to show me the way. That I can live in this world that is temporal, eternally. That I can be eternal-minded in this world. 
that your presence would shine on me. So that those who don't know you can see you. Holy Spirit, come. Worthy, Jesus. You're worthy of the sacrifice that we make of following you, of taking up our cross daily, dying to ourselves and living for you. You were bought at a price. Our, our salvation costs something. And our response can only be in doing the same. It can only be dying to ourselves and living for you. It can only be giving up what this world offers and living for heaven. Holy Spirit, would you do a work in us? Would you help us see it? Would you help us feel it? you help us be it to those who need it. You're worthy, Jesus. True bread, true food, true life. We are satisfied. You quench that thirst. You satisfy that hunger, God. Amen. Father, we thank you for sending your son. When we talk about being able to live free in a country, Jesus made it possible possible for us to live free in our spirit we can have communion with the Father again. And that is the greatest sacrifice anyone could have ever given us. We honor you, God. We honor you, Jesus. Be glorified in us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Thank you for, for listening, tagging along. Uh, if you need prayer, I'll be here. Pastor Jay can be here as well. We'll put on a little music. And if you still need to be ministered to, there's time for that. We need to abide. Uh, hopefully I see many of you tonight. Uh, it's always a good time uh, in the presence of God together. So I encourage you to come if you have the time. If you could sacrifice the time. I pray that you have a great day today. In Jesus' name, amen.